Tonight, as you know from Howard's already told you, that my uh, subject tonight will be on faith. Wes asked me a couple of weeks ago if I would do this because he was going to be going to a meeting, and I was a little hesitant about it, but later on I told him I would do it. So to start off with tonight, I ask you, what is faith? According to Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What exactly does this mean? Well, we, can phys- we can't physically see God, but we believe that He's real. We have faith that He's real. If we didn't, we wouldn't be here tonight. We also, we haven't ever seen heaven either. But we believe, we have faith in it through God's Word. We know that it's real. If we have this faith that it talks about, this faith can empower us to do lots of mighty great works for God if we have faith in God. But it takes that faith in God. We can have faith in lots of things. We can have faith in our families, our friends, even this church, our money, our jobs, whatever it may be. But if we don't have faith in God, then we have nothing. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith we cannot be pleasing to God. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. How can we make this faith grow? I would like to suggest three things to you. First and foremost, we need to have a relationship with God. When we have a relationship with Him, He gives us the the ability to step out in faith and to do His works. Whether it involves going on a mission trip, in here abroad or into a third world country or maybe it's taking on a new job and you're not sure about that new job there may be somebody in that where you work that you influence that you have an impact on or simply it's just stepping out in faith to help a neighbor in need if we look in James 2.17 it says even so faith if it hath not works is dead being alone. So we see that with faith, we also have to have some works. Number two, prayer is a huge part in growing that faith. We can't have a relationship with someone if we don't communicate with them. We do this through prayer to God. And I say that before you step out in faith to do anything, you should pray to God and ask Him to give you the strength and the wisdom to do whatever it is that you're going to do. Number three, growing also requires you to spend time in God's Word. Read about Bible characters such as Noah, Abraham, whose faith caused them to do great works. If we look in in Hebrews 11, it says in verse 7, By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to save his household 
by which He condemned the world and became heirs of righteousness, which is by faith. In verse 8, we see that He's talking about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go out into a place which he should have after receiving his inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. If you look back over in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, Abraham was 75 years old, according to Scripture, when God called him to leave his people and to go to a place that he had never seen. I ask you this. Do you know how big a mustard seed is? Sometimes in the Bible, Scripture refers to faith as a mustard seed. Matthew 13.32 says that a mustard seed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among my herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another Scripture that we have, we can see from that Scripture there that mustard seed is a tiny little seed. If you look in Matthew 17, verse 20, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, and yet say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. In closing, I ask you, to think about this. How big is your faith? Is it the size of the mustard seed? Or is it bigger? If God chose to audibly speak to any one of you tonight and ask you to do some small or great thing, would you have faith to do it? Psalm 470, 470. After this song, we'll have Mr. Brian come and speak to us. Victory in Jesus, 470. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning of His precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion He is built for me in glory. And I heard about the street of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus. 
my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I hope you don't fall asleep. first things that came to my mind whenever uh, Wes asked me about this, it's like, you know, what do we say? We say, all right, we ask people, they'll ask us, you know, are you going to heaven? And uh, we, get to, we give them that, well, I hope I am, you know. But, uh, you know, like uh, someone said something about hoping a minute ago, but hope you got this, hope, hope, hope something's going to happen. But, uh, oh, Howard got up here and said something about uh, tonight. And, uh, I don't know, I was looking at uh, some of the things that uh, I would want to present in a seven-minute time frame, and uh, it's like, we're the kind of people that we really, I, I, I really think the people that are here tonight, that we're really the kind of people that, you know, we want to stay biblical in everything we, we know and understand. And uh, biblical hope. What's biblical hope as opposed to, well, I hope it's to make it to work on time in the morning. You know, uh, uh, it's just a little bit different. And uh, whenever we look at chapter 11 in Hebrews, uh, we see the ancients being talked about and how they're commended for their faith. And uh, it's like uh, when the writer talks about these people and, and what their hope was in, we see that they were hoping for a heavenly country. They were looking for uh, something that God had given them a glimpse of. And they didn't receive what was promised. Not then, but distantly they could see that they were going to receive it. There are a few passages that I wanted to look at and uh, when I think about our Savior and I think about uh, some things that uh, he went through uh, we see in Hebrews chapter 5 that <clears throat> he learned obedience to what he suffered and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And he came to destroy death and to take the power away from him and to take our sins away from us. And he trusted his father to save him from death. And he hoped that he could finish what he was going to do. But he was in deep anguish. Many people think that he was perfect from the from, as a man, but we see in that in those verses that he suffered in such a way, and he was obedient, and he learned obedience and became our source 
of following him. The Hebrew writer talks about how Jesus, that he went through the veil and he went into the Holy of Holies before us, being an anchor for our soul. The hope that we need knowing that we can go the same way that he went. And we see the first century Christians that they had the same struggles that we have today. What are the struggles that we have? Is it not dealing with sin? Is it not being uh, courageous enough to speak to someone else about Christ? I mean, it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. You're, you're living with people. You have to live with them. You have to work with them. And sometimes it just, it just isn't right. It's not comfortable. Somehow we can't share Christ with them. Or they know about something in our life that has... We're, we're not proud of it. Have we talked to our father about it? Have we talked to another brother or sister about that thing? Overcoming that sin. And then there's something in, in Revelation that I wanted to share with you. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 and 11. And in Revelation 12, verse 11. And we, we see there that uh, <clears throat> in Revelation 6 and 9 and 11, we see that uh, the Holy Spirit's showing us that there were some martyrs and they were crying out to God from behind the altar. They are saying, how long are you going to wait until you avenge our blood? And he says, you just wait. And the next thing you know, he says, give them a robe. Well, some people think, Man, they died. Well, no, they didn't die. They were talking to God from in heaven. And he was rewarding them. Because they followed the path that Jesus has set for them. In Revelation 12, I made a connection uh, a while back and I've been practicing that uh, it's like whenever I'm struggling with something I don't want to do in my life I'll talk to my father about it and then I want to go share my faith with somebody this is what the scripture says in Revelation 12 verse 11 they overcame him, referring to the accuser. Now the accuser is that, that one that comes between our ears whenever we have done something that we don't want, we're not proud of. We're not confessing of it. We're not repenting of it. We still have it in our life. And he's accusing you in your heart. And you're not doing anything about it. And it's keeping you from talking about Jesus. That's what happens to me. It says in verse 11, referring to the accuser, it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So by what Jesus has done, by removing our sins, by what he did, if we'll take the prescription the great physician has given us, and we will confess our sins to one another, and we'll confess our sins to the Father, we will turn from that, he forgives us. And it's done. He became sin for us so we could become His righteousness. And then, that's when we go and we talk to other people. We don't just talk to our, to our, our fellow brothers and sisters about our sin. We have to talk to those, who, those people that are lost out there. Tell them what we're going through. We have to be honest with them about that. When we come down to their level, because they think we're walking around a little higher than they are, I've been accused of it, and you probably have too. Well, you think you're better than somebody? And when I come down to their level, let them know that I'm a human being having a spiritual experience. They can learn, like you and I can learn, 
that we're actually spiritual beings created in God's image, having a human experience. So we need that help from our Father. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3. I want to read this part, and then I'll read one more passage after that. In 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do, for if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our brothers and sisters, as the Spirit reveals to us in Revelation, it says they overcame through the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. They had to talk about their lives, and they had to talk about the life of Jesus to other people. And in 1 John, I'll leave you with this. <clears throat> this is simple, and it's to the point. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, <clears throat> Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. We see how the brothers and sisters were doing it in Revelation. We have the same hope as those people those in ancient times. They were looking for that heavenly kingdom. We say, are, are you going to heaven? So I hope so. I hope we're all going to be there. Jesus said, "Few will be, many will be called, but few will be saved. Do we really hope that we're going to heaven? Are we really trying to purify, purify ourselves as He is pure? We know how they did it. We know how He did it. He set the path for us. We need to follow Him. Thank you. Before Mr. Buddy comes and speaks to us, we're going to sing Love Lifted Me 453. But before you turn there, Mark 129, that'll be the song of, of encouragement. 129, Amazing Grace. But once you've done that, if you would, let's stand and sing Love Lifted Me 453. 453. <laughs> 
I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. Nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted. We trust God because we know Him and believe that He loves us. We trust each other for the same reason. Because of our absolute faith in God's unfailing, steadfast love, we find the patience and the courage in the hour of our greatest need to overcome this world and to wait for Him to come. When, other, when every other reason fails, love will find a way. Let me read to you over in John 13, beginning verses 34 and 35, when... Jesus said, you know, he's getting ready to announce his departure. And he says, a new covenant I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one toward another. And in John 15... Not too long after he stated this, in verses 12 and 13, when Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You choose to love or you choose not to love. And if you choose, if you, to choose to love is to choose life. And to choose not to love is to choose death. Basically what Jesus is saying, he says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And you have to ask yourself that question. Jesus, how do you love me? Jesus loved me when I was yet still a sinner. Jesus loved me when I became a child of His with all the blemishes that I had, but He still loved me. So what He's saying, He says, you love one another as I have loved you. And there's an important thing He said in the previous chapter, in 13, He says, the world or the people in your community will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. Had a great lesson this morning about evangelism, but let me tell you, if you don't have love one for another, I don't care what message you preach, it's going to be hard to reach people. All I'm saying as a congregation is, is we look at love because our text was faith, uh, hope, and love. He said the greatest of these is love. If we want to be an impact on this community, if we want to move beyond where we are, 
One of the things that Jesus says is you have to love one another. You can't get around that. God is not going to let us move forward until we do have a love one for another. And you have to ask yourself that question. Do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ or do I talk about them? Because we're going to stand in judgment by the things we say and the things that we do. I think all of us need to go home maybe and look in the mirror and say, am I building up or am I tearing down? Do I really have a love one for another? Do I really love my brother and sister? Do I really rejoice with those that rejoice? And what he's saying is, when good things happen to the body of Christ, do you, are you happy for them? Are you envious or jealous of them? And I only say rejoice or rejoice, but do you weep with those that weep? If someone is struggling, do you weep with them or do are you insensitive to that? And I'm talking to all of us. Because it's very stark for me on one of the things that Jesus asks us to do. He says, love one another. And you will show the world that you are truly mine. It's just like James. He's dying on that cold field. And Travis comes to him. We're kind of like James in that respect. And here we are. He says, our, in our final days, is that you, Lord? And I hope our response is yes. And I hope we can say, I knew you'd come. I've been waiting. But until we truly, truly put on Christ, that we really display the love that He wants us to display, we will not move forward. There are a lot of things we could do, I guess, to improve. But as He said tonight, faith, hope, and love. Love is the greatest of these things. And He says, as my children, that's what I want you to do. You don't have to come down the aisle. You can if you like uh, at uh, invitation. But a lot of us, we can turn to God right where we sit and ask God to forgive us for the things that we've done, the things that we've said, and help us to improve our lives, that we can truly be His children. But if you're subject to the invitation in any manner, and I hope that we can truly display love one for another as we stand and as we sing. Fears, my fears, read.
Spirit, that grace appeared. The hour I first believed, when we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amen. Thank you, men, for those great messages tonight. It's been a great day to worship the Lord together and look forward to being back Wednesday night at 7 for Bible study. And if you were unable to take the Lord's Supper this morning, it has been prepared to my right, your left, the classroom, and someone is there to assist you.